Thank you very much. Um, I had a printout of my sermon when I arrived at church. Heaven knows where it is now. I think someone's tidied it up. Never mind. We have been going through Matthew's Gospel, if you've been in the church regularly, forever, haven't we? I don't know when we started. It must have been years ago. 28 chapters. And this morning, we reached the end. So I did a little Googling about famous last words. I think my favourite famous last words were probably Oscar Wilde, who apparently he said, last thing he said, but these curtains are awful. One of us is going to have to go. (laughs) So there we are. So today, we get to, having looked at the whole life of Jesus, we get to see what Jesus' last words were. And those last words are introduced by verses 16 and 17. Can we get them up on the screen? Fantastic. (coughs) Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. What? What? What is going on? I think in this verse we have three crucial things to following Jesus. Jesus. Obedience, worship, and doubt. Firstly, obedience. You have heard Retendo and Zach and Joanne say that they are letting go of an old life and taking hold of a new life. And they are doing that because their new life is one of obeying Jesus. If you're lost and someone gives you directions, then you have to follow those directions if you want to get unlost. Yeah? Jesus is leading us out of death and into life. That's why we obey him, because we want to get out of the place that we are in into a new place. Secondly, worship. Does anyone like chocolate? Anyone else like chocolate? I have seen quite a lot of chocolate next door. I'm feeling encouraged about this. I want you to imagine you are eating a delicious ice cream sundae. Can you imagine that for me? And as you are savouring it, you exclaim, that is amazing. Worship is about enjoying and appreciating God. Because when we see God for who he really is, then everything else falls into place. Worship is about looking at God and responding in wonder and joy. The third one. What is this doing in here? They worshipped, but some doubted. Whatever you believe, you cannot avoid doubt at some point unless you choose not to think. And that's not very good for you. So doubt isn't a sin, it isn't a problem, it's an inevitable part of growing up and asking questions, because a doubt is simply a question. And if we face that question, then one of two things will happen. Either we will find a good answer to that question that will strengthen our faith, or we'll find out what we believed is rubbish. And we can stop it and try and believe something that more closely reflects reality. The only bad thing to do with doubts and questions is to bury them. Because then the cracks start to spread under absolutely everything. Verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So, here are Jesus' last words. I have a question for the kids. Who has the last word? Your teacher or your head teacher? Shout out. Head teacher. teacher. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Your head teacher or your parents? Yes. Excellent. This is good. Your parents or God? Hmm. Yes. Okay, so a very simple question for all of us. If, yeah, in these verses, if we go back to verse 19 for a moment, what does Jesus ask us to do here? <coughs> Make disciples. Okay, what's a disciple? Anyone Sorry? Anyone who follows? Anyone who follows? Yep. A student. a student, excellent. A learner. Yeah, a student, but a particular type of student. A student that wants to become like their teacher. So to become a disciple of Jesus is to learn from him how to live like he lived. Yeah? Great danger of preaching off your phone is that it goes to sleep every 30 seconds. So we are wanting to help everyone everywhere become a student of Jesus, such that they learn to live their life like he lived his life. And notice who we're to make disciples of. All nations, all time. In other words, everyone, everywhere. If we can find anyone who God doesn't love, we can leave them out. Otherwise, it's everyone. Then we come to this strange little phrase baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism literally means to dip, to immerse, to dunk, if you like. Jesus died taking our sin, our shame, our guilt on himself to forgive us of our sin and to restore us to relationship with God. And on the third day, he rose again to give us new and eternal life. And so when we baptize these three people in just a moment, it's a symbolic death as they go down into the water and resurrection when they come up again. When we baptize Retendo and Juan and Zach in a moment, we're going to say, Jesus has forgiven you. Jesus has given you new life. And so we're burying their old life. And we're setting off on a new life. And we're baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In other words, we are welcoming them into God's family. Last verse, verse 20. We are to teach them everything that Jesus commanded, aren't we? Are we? Are we to teach them everything that Jesus commanded? Some people are starting to suspect the answer to that question might be no. Of course we're not to teach them everything Jesus commanded. They can read that for themselves in the Bible. We are teaching them to obey. 
Jesus, everything that Jesus commanded. So, question, who has done a test or an exam recently? Aidan has. Who else? Zach, have you done exams recently? No? Lovely. Who else has? Retender, you have, haven't you? Yeah, Henry's had one. Tuesday. Who enjoys tests and exams? No. No, you do. Fantastic. Anyone who's got a test they want doing, that's your man over there. The good news is that Jesus isn't interested in wanting to get us through a, a theology test. He's not wanting us to pass a test. He's wanting us to work out how to live as he would have us live. So we've looked at this story of Matthew's life. We've heard all the prophecies of his life and his birth and his death. We've seen his resurrection. And we've seen how through that he offers us new life and forgiveness of our sins. And now he is calling us to follow him into that worldwide mission, giving everyone everywhere the opportunity to become his student, to receive forgiveness and new life from him and to learn from him how to live his life. And that's what Rotendo, and that's what Juan, and that's what Zach are doing this evening. They are burying their old life, and they are setting off on a new life, introducing anyone who will respond to Jesus. So that's what Matthew's Gospel is supposed to produce. Us, Rotendos, Juans, Zachs, people are saying, I've experienced Jesus, he's amazing, I want to share him with the whole world. So in a moment, we are going to baptise them. And before we get very, a few of us get very wet, we're going to sing again, which will give me a moment to turn from respectable pastor in Marks and Spencer's shirt into baptism ninja. So if you'd like to stand, we'll sing one last song.